Uh, let me see. Hey, the guys, this is Andy Falco with the Andy Falco podcast. There we go. <laughs> to make sure I have the right heading up. Coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. Uh, I got my love Hedia with me, but she's on the other side of the camera. She's hard at work and on hold. Uh, but this is going to be just a very quick show. I know, I know. I've said that before and it goes on for an hour and a half. But um, I'm focused on just one aspect of what I'm dealing with in regard to the school district and the school board. And that was an email that I had um, sent last week. I did a show about this email that I sent. It was strictly about the, the topics of masking of the kids and the vaccines. A follow-up email will be going out shortly that I'm working on right now in regard to critical race theory uh, and the committee that they voted for in the last school board meeting. So we'll be talking about that, not a lot right now, but it, it just a little bit before we um, end this broadcast. But I wanted to give you an update as to the response because uh, in the email I wrote, um, it's about, I don't know, it's about four or five paragraphs. Uh, I cite um, the Journal of uh, the American Medical Association uh, article on, on mask. I'll read you a little bit about that and how it's harming our, our children. So I'll, I'll, read, uh, I'll read just a, a snippet of that. Uh, that is the uh, one of the studies that I sent to them. Previous to that study, I sent a similar email to the school district and the school board about how masks don't work. And that was from a study done in 2016. So I'd already sent them one um, at the beginning of the pandemic in regard to the mask, and that had to do with the ineffectiveness of the mask in a study that was done previous to the pandemic. Why is that important? Well, it's important because that study was done without any bias uh, based on, you know, what the government was trying to say, what the, the media was trying to say, what the CDC was trying to say. It was just a, simply a study just to talk about how effective masks were against uh, such things as a virus. And essentially that study said they weren't effective at all, um, especially the paper and uh, cloth mask that 99.9% of the people were wearing and have been wearing throughout the pandemic as we walk around the streets. Not, of course, medical personnel, or those in laboratories, they wear something completely different, which does protect them from something like a virus, but not the mask that we were told we should wear to protect us. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've learned uh, from other studies, not necessarily done in the United States, but in other countries, that the lockdown and uh, the lock being locked down actually caused more people to catch the virus than those that weren't locked down. So those are some of the studies that over the last year I've been sending these the school district um, but this most recent one, which I sent on July, when did I send this? July 2nd, um, I wanted the school board and the school district uh, supervisor's position on masks and the vaccine um, and wanted their response. I also sent them a video, uh, one of the most recent videos, which you've probably seen, and that is the mother testifying uh, in regard to her daughter having a vaccine and the negative results that she had that she's now uh, having tons of different problems. Um, and if you haven't seen the video, look for it. Um, I, I might try to pay it, play it before we, we leave here just in case you haven't seen it. But it's the one where she, she talks about where she's pro-vaccine. Uh, her and her husband decided that they would get their, I believe she's 12 or 14 years uh, year old daughter into the program where they would get the vaccine. Um, and as a result, the child is very ill and has trouble holding up her head and is nauseous all the time and is um, just having a difficult time uh, with the after effects of the virus. So I sent that video. And again, I wanted their position on the mandated vaccine to go back to school position and whether or not they were going to try to force our children to wear masks. 
Um, as a result, I only got a couple replies, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, the, the usual people um, have, are hit, hiding from the subject and have decided that they don't want to respond uh, to my emails. Uh, the, the, the new district supervisor has yet to respond to any of my emails. The previous um, school uh, district supervisor did, and we've had a, had a few conversations. Well, he's gone now, and there is a new uh, uh, school district, which I'll, I'll tell you his name in just a minute. Uh, but I want to focus on the school board members right now. So just so uh, you know, as I bring, shoot, uh, hold on, <laughs> need to get rid of that one, bring up the one that I really intended to bring up, hold on. Uh, we're gonna bring up the school board members uh, and show you who they are and their names. And you can uh, uh, obviously know who they are. It's important to know who your school board members are. Uh, also, I wanna make sure that, go ahead and, and comment if you uh, would please. So this will be uh, pushed out to uh, people out on the social media. We're broadcasting on Facebooks. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, and two Twitter pages. So uh, five different Facebook pages, YouTube, and two Twitter pages. And so by you commenting and sharing and uh, uh, liking or giving hearts or whatever you want to give, this will uh, will tell the algorithms of the social media platforms to send it out so other people can see it. All right, so I would appreciate it if you would do that. Uh, but the school board members that we are uh, speaking of here at the Placentia Yorba School District, other, other, uh, also known as PYLUSD, is uh, Karen Freeman. She's the president. She's been, uh, she was first elected back in 1989, if you can imagine. Uh, it's obviously time to get her out. She did not respond, and she's never responded to any of my emails asking simple questions. Uh, my uh, emails are not mean. Um, I don't speak to them like I, I talk on my show <laughs> and they're uh, just simply asking, what's your position? Here's what I have. Here's what I know. This is what my research uh, tells me. Uh, now that you have the research, what is, what is your response? Uh, Karen Freeman has never responded. And uh, right now it looks like she's also for uh, uh, the critical race theory curriculum. So um, she's one that we're going to want to work on getting out and voting out. The next one is uh, Carrie Buck. Carrie Buck has been, was first elected back in 2010. Again, that's a very long time to be in this position. Uh, and um, obviously we're, we've been asleep. If these two women have been a part of this problem that we're in now, uh, the, it's no wonder that we're, we're in this um, situation that we are with schools. And again, I always say that uh, the uh, Placentia Oblina School District is probably one of the better school districts in California. Um, not as liberal as probably one you'll find in Los Angeles School District or up near San Francisco, obviously, uh, but we're still going to be affected by not only um, the liberals that are in the, in, on the school board, but uh, by the, uh, the school unions. Uh, and uh, obviously we're gonna be fighting against them. So right now, Karen Freeman and Carrie Buck, uh, again, have never responded to any of these emails. They didn't respond to this one in any way, shape or form. Uh, Marilyn Anderson is one that, uh, you know, she came to the rallies uh, that we were having for um, the new sp school board members because we were looking for people that would be voting from a conservative standpoint, that would be keeping in mind the children of, um, you know, conservative Christians, of uh, first responders. And these are the rallies that we were putting together were first responder rallies and that type of thing. And so the audience that was there was one that would be for somebody that supported um, first responders, 
um, uh, school, schools that did not get into um, the uh, critical race theory and for not masking and vaccinating our children. So she would come to these rallies and we helped her get voted in. And it turns out that I did not get a response from her. And it turns out she also voted for a committee on looking into critical race theory curriculum. So uh, Marilyn Anderson is a little bit of a, not a little bit, a lot of a disappointment. And turns out she's not the person that she claimed to be as she would come to the rallies and say that she was going to be for us and she was gonna be for the kids and she was gonna make sure that the kids were taken care of. Well, she's not, and she hasn't responded. The two responses I did get, of course, are from Leander Blades. Uh, she sent me an email uh, and uh, said that she is against masking and against um, uh, mandating vaccines. Again, you can get a vaccine if you want, but mandating the vaccines is what my question was and whether they were going to um, be for or against. So Leander sent me an email, uh, and then Sean Youngblood actually, um, uh, he and I talked on the phone after my email. He sent me a response and said, let's talk on the phone. And we had a conversation and he assured me that he is also not for masking and not for mandating a vaccine. Again, if you wanna get one, if, you're, um, if you uh, want your child to have one and you wanna do that to your children, then that is uh, purely up to you. But the mandate of having it is what we were wondering what their position was. So Leandra and Sean did respond, nobody else responded. The um, school district, uh, let's bring him up here. Hold on one second. Um, school board staff, hold on, I'm going to find it. Right there, the superintendent. All right. So I just want to make sure to have his name in front of me. Uh, Dr. James L. Sasser there. I, I couldn't remember his last name. Dr. James L. Sasser, no response. Uh, not, uh, no email, not, um, we're not going to respond no, we're not going to, you know, do anything. Not a yes and not a no. So I got nothing from them. I also sent it to the board of trustees and all I got was a um, Autobot response that said, thank you for your email and thank you for your interest. Somebody will be reaching out to you shortly and nobody ever did. So um, th that's the report on, on that particular thing. Let me get to the, to the JAMA um, report here. I'm gonna go ahead and get rid of this one, bring the JAMA. And just so you can read, if you've not read it yet, uh, you should uh, look it up. I will put the link in the comments. Um, so if you could, again, uh, it would be great if you commented. I know maybe some people are afraid to comment, but that's, again, that's the reason we're in this predicament is because people have become afraid to let their opinion known and uh, to speak out. Uh, but uh, if you can comment and just let us know, uh, let me know what you think, uh, it, you know, if you're for or against, it's always good to know that. And I can also, let me go ahead and put the link in now before I forget, before we get to the end. So I'm going to put the the Journal of American what's it, uh, uh, of the American Medical Association. Let me put the link in the comments so that you can actually have a copy of this uh, article also. And really, the, the most important part uh, is the the very first part that I'm going to read to you right now, and that is. Um, Many governments have made nose and mouth covering or face masks compulsory for school children. The evidence based, the evidence base for this is weak. The question whether nose and mouth covering increases carbon dioxide inhaled is a is air is crucial. A large scale survey survey in Germany of adverse effects in parents and children using data of 25,930 children 
was shown that 68% of the participating children had problems when wearing nose and mouth coverings. Uh, I would say that's a pretty high percentage uh, uh, that is harming children. In this particular study of 25,930 children, 68% of the participating children had problems when wearing nose and mouth coverings. And that is just simply sitting in the schoolroom um, and probably walking to lunch. And, uh, you know, I'm guessing they could take out their mask during lunch and that kind of stuff. This does not take into account uh, the 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 athletics that they were having children wear masks. Now, as the school was coming to a close uh, this this uh, this school year, just a few months or just a month ago, they did lift the mask wearing outside uh, and the mask wearing during uh, PE. And they, it was an option that you, the children had. If they wanted to wear it, they could wear it, but they didn't have to wear it. But still inside, they were forcing children to wear it. This study, uh, from what I read and from what I know, was a study of children that are sitting stationary inside their school rooms and 68% of the kids were having um, had had problems in regard to the mask. Again, I put the link in the comments so you can go ahead and look up the um, study for yourself and decide whether you want you to continue have your kids wear a mask or not. So again, this is just a, a simple uh, broadcast on what is going on so far, what's not happening, what's happening. Um, and what's happening uh, in relationship to the school board that, that we have here at the Placenta Yobalina School District. And not a lot's happening, uh, but there are two people that really do care about our kids that are at least on the school board. So far, again, nothing from the school district or uh, the board of trustees or those um, three other school board members. One of the things before I sign off is that in the, in the near future, uh, when, I, when I finish the email uh, that will be sent out in regard to critical race theory, uh, I, I just, there's so much to talk about that, that I, it would take too long to add that to this show. I would be on for a very long time. I got to pare it down as to what we want to bring up, but it clearly is one of those things that has been going on in our community for decades uh, in especially the democratic run cities and the lower income cities. It's, it's a way that they can get a certain um, portion of our communities to believe that they're oppressed and the people that are, are oppressing them are, are as everybody else. And this has been going on for a very long time. This isn't new. The, the, what's new is creating a curriculum where they're going to be forcing it into every school, not just those schools that are in lower income where nobody seems to be paying attention and it just, they seem to be able to get away with it because that's how things have been for such a very long time. But now they're bringing these, um, these curriculums into other communities where they, it is affecting our kids. As, as I've said before, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it again, is that in the, especially in the school district that we belong to here, is that there are a large number, and I know of probably six or seven, and so I know there's a lot more than that, of children who have parents who are police officers. Part of this curriculum, um, is one that, that says that police are racist, um, that they're murdering uh, black uh, men on the streets, they're hunting them down, uh, because we've seen that kind of uh, speech and that kind of talk from uh, these, kind, the, these groups of people, right? Um, and so um, they're also hearing that white people are racist. Uh, of course, all my children are either um, uh, you know, a mixture of Hispanic, uh, Persian, or and, and a lot of Caucasian. And they fall into that demographic that people are, are, are calling white people 
everybody, uh, everybody else, <laughs> uh, racist. And so we have to have these conversations with our kids. We have to tell them, no matter what you're hearing, you're not racist. And no matter what you're hearing, me as a police officer have never been racist. I've never uh, handled a call in a racist manner. And I've not gone out and hunted down black men and shot them in the dark. I've not ever done that. So it's uh, uh, this type of curriculum being taught to our kids, us having to now to be on the defensive is uh, simply not something uh, that we're going to want in our schools. And we don't want to have to be combating that on a, uh, every chance that we get. One of the other things I'm, I want to talk about just really quickly before we sign off is that um, I can't remember what show I was listening to, but uh, I was having this thought about six months ago in that law enforcement officers have to wear cameras. We have cameras uh, uh, on our on our persons on our persons, on our bodies, on our body cam. Uh, and we have cameras inside the patrol cars. We call them dash cams. They're, of course, on the dash of the patrol car and take a video of everything that's in front. And then there's also cameras inside the vehicle uh, taking a video of from the back of the patrol car forward. And so you, you essentially can have three cameras on, a, on the scene of any incident, any kind of car stop. Um, the body cam, the dash cam, and then the rear seat cam. So... If, if that has been accepted and is encouraged and it has helped law enforcement in many cases not um, be blamed for something, it has been very helpful when somebody claims that a police officer was heavy handed or said something they didn't say. These cameras have actually helped uh, in many cases uh, a police officer from having a lot, you know, lose a lawsuit or be fired from a job and they just pull the camera and say, see, I never said that, or see, I never did that, or they were the ones who shot first, or they were the ones who tried to punch me first. The cameras have been very helpful. Uh, and of course, they've also been helpful in cops that have um, been, uh, have done things that aren't correct, that, that have uh, lashed out against a motorist um, unnecessarily. And so they're important for that. Uh, I believe now strongly that uh, if it's good enough for police, it's good for good enough for the, the classroom. And so one of the things I think we should start talking about is putting cameras in the classroom. And um, and so that we can, anytime we want to, log in uh, to our children's um, uh, login for their Google, right? They, they, every kid gets a number. Uh, we could use that number to log in to their classroom through Aries is what we use with Placentia Old School District. Log in through the Aries, just like we would do anything else. Look at their grades, look at their progress reports, um, look at their attendance record. And then there'll be a portal for going to the video cameras that are inside their classroom and we can hear them and see them what's going on. So I think this is, uh, this is one thing that we should probably start looking at and start pushing for all of our schools to do. Uh, and that is have cameras inside the classrooms. Um, I don't know to the extent of having one on the body of the teacher, we might, <laughs> but I think first steps would be to have uh, cameras and microphones inside the classroom so we can hear and see what's going on because we learned a lot, right? As, as if there's one thing that came out of the zoom classrooms is that we were able to sit there when we wanted to and listen to what was going on. And I did uh, listen to the teachers teaching and what was happening. And uh, I felt uh, very encouraged with my son, especially at Tuffrey elementary, Tuffrey uh, junior high, that um, the teacher he had for um, U.S. history, I believe it was, that uh, there was some really good teaching going on. She didn't get into critical race theory. She taught some really good sound American history, the true American history. And uh, I felt really good about what she was talking about. She also, um, uh, another teacher was talking about uh, the news media and how you have to be um, cautious about what it is that you are viewing and listening to through the news media. And she actually did a really good job about doing your research, telling the children, you're going to hear a news story. 
take the information from that news story, do your research and find out where the truth is. Because if you're listening to the wrong channel, it may not have the actual uh, uh, facts of whatever it is that they're reporting on. So I thought she did a really good job. So again, the, the benefit of having those Zoom classes for the period of time we had is that we were able to see what was going on in the classroom because the classroom was in our house. Um, so let's take that, um, that technology and that experience and let's move it into the classrooms so that we can see what's going on inside the classrooms on a regular basis. And uh, why not? What are they gonna say? Uh, you know, you can't see what we're doing. Why? We see what cops do every day. Um, we see what they do on car stops. We see what they do inside of somebody's house. And it is a great way to see what's going on and keeping uh, tabs on what is happening in the classroom. And again, it will protect the teacher from any uh, claims or accusations from students that the, the teachers may have said something or did something and we'll have the video and the teacher will be able to say, see, I didn't say what my student, what your, uh, your child said that I did. And so it, it can go both ways. Uh, so let's, uh, let's look at that. All right, so again, that's the update. I sent out that email back on July 2nd. I got two responses. Uh, and that of course, again, is from Leandra Blades and from Sean Youngblood. Uh, they're doing a great job. I, I support them uh, wholly that they actually respond. And if they didn't agree with me, they also would tell me, I, I feel that strongly. And uh, it doesn't, you don't have to agree with me to respond to an email. Just tell us how you feel, that way we can go. We're gonna take silence on this subject matter that they are for masking and for mandating vaccines by not uh, responding. Uh, that's what we're gonna assume uh, is what they're doing because they, again, they also voted for the committee in looking into bringing the critical race theory uh, to Placentia Yorba Linda as a curriculum. Uh, hello, Carl Whitney, nice to see you. Uh, Carl says, uh, no mass or vaccine for my children. No CRT either. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, CRT falls in uh, in line with uh, Black Lives Matter propaganda. For example, Black Lives Matter Utah said the American flag is racist. Yes, I posted that exactly uh, that exact same thing, Carl. And that's um, that's very true. Um, they said that it. Um, it is a it is a racist symbol, the American flag, and that is the the curriculum that they want to bring into our schools. I don't think so. We're not going to let that happen. So, uh, parents, we need to um, get together and attend the next school board meeting. I will be there for sure. I missed the last one because I had had uh, something going on and I just couldn't get there. So let's make sure and attend the next school board meeting. Let them know how we feel and uh, support uh, Leander Blades and Sean Youngblood because they seem to be the only two people that have uh, a brain and common sense uh, that we can count on in regard to our school board. All right, my friends, I hope you're well. Um, again, make sure and share. And if you're watching the replay, please comment and uh, let, let, us, let me know, um, you know where you're watching from, whether you, whether you agree or disagree. I, I, I love to get both uh, arguments and um, let, it, let me know what it is you want us to talk about going further as we do more reports on the Placentia Urban Linda School District. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye.